Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and I'm so glad that you decided to journey with me and listen to the gospel. This week we listen again on the topic of prayer and the gospel really challenges us to go deeper into this issue and look at the effects that prayer has in our lives. Are we becoming more and more like Jesus? Are we seeing people, events, and things from the point of view of God? Let's take some time now to pray and to open our hearts and our minds to welcome the work of the Holy Spirit so that indeed He can continue to reveal to us the love that God has for all people. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, increase our faith, hope, and charity, and make us love what you command, so that we may merit what you promise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. We continue we continue to meditate on a very important topic in our life. And Jesus, at this point of his journey with the disciples, is bringing up this theme very powerfully. And it's the continuation of what we started last week, because the two passages from last week and this week, are one, one come after the other. You remember we have been talking a lot about faith, how we respond to God. And we said that Faith needs to be fueled, needs to be nurtured. But we also know that faith, if it were like a fire, and we put logs on it and we keep the fireplace clean, also needs oxygen, also needs an environment that fosters that flame to keep on going. And that environment is prayer. 
Prayer fuels faith. Faith feeds into prayer. And therefore, these two elements become very strong and they allow us to feel that energy that is required to continue our journey as a Christian. And therefore, we understand what Paul is saying to Timothy, that he kept on going, he finished the race, and he kept the faith. That's what he wanted to do when he said, when, when he will see Jesus face to face, and hopefully that will be our goal too, that we will keep on going, finish the race, and keep up the faith. But in order to do that, we have to fuel it. We need energy, right? Life has a way of draining us, distracting us. Prayer is that gift that God has given us that allows us to connect with Him heart to heart. And you know what happens when we get in touch with God, when we let His heart touch ours? We change. And that's the, something that we must keep in mind. The goal of prayer, as we learned last week, is not to manipulate others so that they can do what we want. It's not even a tool, a means by which we want to bend God's will to our own. It's a way of letting Him making us more and more like Jesus. That's how we can measure, basically, whether we are growing in our prayer life, in our spiritual life. Am I becoming more and more like Jesus? Am I, am I thinking more and more like Him? Is my lifestyle more and more in tune with the gospel? Or I keep on doing always the same thing? That was the lesson from the widow. Do you remember? The widow, they kept banging on the door of the house of the judge. And what, what happened? She wanted justice. But her prayer, her insistence, her commitment to prayer allowed the judge to change. Allowed the judge to be truly who he was supposed to be, a just judge. And that's what prayer does. He's forcing us, he's inviting us, encouraging us to become more and more the person that we claim we are, a child of God. And even when we pray for others, the idea is this, that we are asking God to help that person to be truly who they are, rather than, I want them to do what I want. I've been there. I spent an incredible amount of prayer telling God how to change other people. Very well. Then that's how, that's how we learn these things, you know, by making mistakes. So now we take this other, the, this, other par this other parable, this story that Jesus tells us, and we go deeper into this relationship. You see, prayer is very frustrating, and probably you have experienced part of my frustration, which is the frustration of all the people that come before us, and even the people in the Bible. That sometimes, when we ask God for something, we don't get it. I don't ask you to raise your hands if you had that experience, but you keep it to yourself. But the idea is this. Sometimes we, and I ask God, you know, I ask so many things, and I get nothing. Well, all of you who are parents know very well that no is also an answer. So it's not like God is not answering our prayer. He is answering. And he's just saying, no. But thank you for trying. We know that, for example, God answered very directly. There are certain things that God always says yes right away. 
when we ask for mercy, when we ask for forgiveness, in the sacraments, when we ask him to enter into our lives. And he's always saying, yes, right now, here, immediately. There are some prayers where he says, yes, but later on. Sometimes God may say, no, but I'm going to give you something else. And at other times, he just says, no way, no way. But in spite of all these, we also know that there is this mystery that allows always God to be free and things to be the way they are. I remember last year I lost my dad and uh, I went to Italy because he was in the hospital and I spent some time with him and then I came back and then I understood, you know, they called me that he was getting better but all of a sudden things changed very quickly and I was praying because I know I'm not really good at biology and chemistry, but I know sometimes the body just goes in that direction, right? And so that I understood, but I kept saying, just let, let him go a little bit longer until I go back and see him. But that didn't happen. And you go, oh, come on, right? It was nothing wrong, it was just a little bit more. But again, life is very mysterious. And we have to accept that. We have to enter into this fact that we don't have all the pieces. And the, just because something is mysterious doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't like us anymore. Now, when we look at this parable, we enter into this mystery of the frustration. Why is it that some people seem to be always getting what they want in prayer and others don't? As a matter of fact, this frustration we encountered at the very beginning of the Bible. You remember Cain, one of the children of Adam and Eve, decided to offer to God something in worship and invites his brother Abel to do the same. And they're trying to make sure that, you know, that there is a little competition there. And then God mysteriously accepts Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. And Cain gets so mad that he strikes his brother and he kills him. Sometimes religion can really do terrible things. In, a, in the New Testament, there is a, um, a letter identified as the letter of James. And in this letter, James writes to the people who would be uh, reading the letter. And he says something that has always been incredibly odd to me. By now, I'm getting slightly wiser and I am understanding what he's saying. He says, some of you ask pray and ask God a day, and you don't get it because you ask wrongly. You, you ask in the wrong way. Years ago, I used to go through parishes to do workshops on parish, and inevitably there, was always, there were always people asking me, I want to know how to pray properly so that I can get what I want. So, as we get in touch with all these feelings that we may have and the ideas that we may have about prayer, let's look at what Jesus is telling us. I think that when he began this parable, people went, ooh, this is going to be good. Because he puts in contrast two people, the Pharisees and the tax collector. Now, Pharisees, of course, we always hear about them in the Gospels. And let's be honest. They are not honest. The, the, the evangelists are not really honest. They, 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 they don't like them. But these guys were awesome. 
To be a Pharisee meant to be a group of uh, um, a lay people. They were not connected with the cult, with the, with the religious, with the offering, with the temple. And uh, so they are lay people, men, who decided to follow all the rules of Torah because they really wanted to be in the right relationship with God. They, they were really highly esteemed. These people are incredible. And look at this guy. He says he fasts twice a week. It was only mandated one, once a week. He gave the tent on the whole income. It's a great guy. It's a wonderful member of the community. But something goes wrong. The tax collectors instead were completely despised by people because they were collecting taxes for the Romans. And the Romans were those people who invaded the land. And therefore, they were going, boo. You know, by of course you're not going to be in a good relationship with God because you are helping our enemies. And both pray, and what happens? One is listened to, one goes home justified by God and not the other. What went wrong? What did that Pharisee do that did not grant God to listen to his prayer? Well, you see, Sometimes it happens that our ideas, and sometimes even our religious ideas, may feed very wrong attitudes into our lives. You probably noticed by now that one major point in my spirituality and my focus of whatever I preach is always about the same thing, that God loves us immensely. But there is a risk of preaching that God loves us so immensely. We may think if we don't keep the whole gospel in mind, that God loves us immensely. The guys of the next parish? I don't know. They really need to work a little bit harder. Okay? We may think that we are those people whom God loves unconditionally. The other guys? Uh, I don't know. You see, and now imagine, even in our culture, without the populism and this nationalism idea, well, we come first at the expense of others. And that is not at all what Jesus is telling us because he told us that God loves all people. You remember, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And Jesus said that God let the sun rise on the good and the bad and the rain fall down on the good and the bad. Do you understand how sometimes we twist things around? And that's exactly what happened with that Pharisee. First of all, the gospel tells us that he is praying to himself. It's a difficult thing to translate, difficult phrase to translate, because it could mean really that he's whispering to himself. Or it can mean that he's talking to himself, not to God. Or it can mean that he's, talking, he's praying about himself. It's all about me. And he's now telling God that all the things that he has done, he wants to cash in the chips. He wants some, you know, he wants some reward. And he says, look at all that I've done. Now you have to do something for me. We do that too, don't we? Sometimes I did it too. You know, I was saying, no, come on. I used to go to Mass every day. So during exam time, I was cashing everything in. All right, I said, come on. You know, I go to Mass every day, I said the rosary, now it's your time. <laughs> and I was always very disappointed. <laughs> What's wrong? 
Now, this guy is saying, hey, I'm awesome. And I'm so thankful that I'm not like those people. And that's where the, all the points were gone. The moment we say, he was telling God, you made me awesome. You made an incredible amount of mistakes by making them. Of course you love me because I am adorable. The others, oh man, if they were just a little bit more like me, this will be heaven on earth. Are you following? And that's the temptation that we all have. And it doesn't matter because now he was better, you know, he was more involved with religion and the other guy was a big sinner. We, nowadays, things are turned around as well. We say, Lord, I'm so thankful that I'm not like well, those religious hypocrites that go to church every Sunday and they, they mess up everything. It doesn't matter which way you go, the temptation is always the same. Whenever we think that religion, that our spirituality is feeding prejudice, and prejudice leads to division among people, we can make sure that whenever we go home, we become exactly, we remain exactly the same. Why? God has no way of entering in. Like in this guy. Did you see? Did he, he did not ask anything. It was just all about him. And the other guy, he could not even raise his eyes. And the only thing he said, have mercy on me. Treat me better than I deserve. And God did. Why? God was meaningful to him. He was not discriminating. He was just trying to find a way to remain standing and keep on living life. Finish the race and keep the faith. Prayer must generate in us this attitude. And therefore, this week, we ought to take some time and take a look at how we pray, what we say when we pray. Do we always pray for us against others? What happens when we complain about things? Do we complain because we are better and other people should be like us? Or do we see each other as God does? What happens when we do that? Well, then God can really do something about it because now his kingdom can come. His will can be done. And he's done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you understand? We enter into this network of blessing and all it takes is a little bit of humility that allows us to say, what a great gift you've given me to, do, to be part of this wonderful family that dares to call you our Father. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that he is revealing himself to us as this loving Father. And we want to bring to the altar our struggle, but hopefully our willingness to let prayer really change our heart and become more and more the people that we claim to be, beloved children of God, who know that the love of God can truly change our lives. And with a heart renewed by the gospel and hopefully by a commitment to grow in prayer so that indeed we may become more and more like Jesus, we continue to live the message this week and I wish you well. I hope that uh, you will continue to pray for me as I'm praying for you and uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you and sharing with you the gospel next week. God bless. Bye-bye. 
Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. This is Father Stanislaw and I'm really glad that you gave me the opportunity to share the word with you and I pray that you can make the choice of taking a look at your life and see how much God is blessing it. Let's open our hearts and minds to receive the word of God.